Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company on the cutting edge of trends. Now, let's talk tech. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Event Tech Podcast. We got to jump right into this one. This is, uh, you know, you know who I am, but I... I I can't talk today. This episode's going downhill already. That man over there who's my co-host of this podcast. You know him very well. It is the early Brand early. Kruger of Event Technology and, Consulting. And that gentleman over there is the classy Will Curran Ooh. from Endless Events. So they might pinky up. That's right. <laughs> it's funny how, you know, sometimes we do these things in batches and bundles and then we take a couple weeks off. And so Will and I actually, we, we were on a call earlier this week. And it was like, we hadn't seen each other in uh, two weeks, like maybe. <laughs> and it was like, I haven't seen you in forever, man. Forever. <laughs> Life has changed. Right, Who are right, you? Right. And then, you know, we, you know we, we go maybe a couple weeks without recording the podcast. And it's like, we forget how the intro goes <laughs> with the random adjective, adjective generator and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so, so welcome. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, uh, you know, it's also not just Brant and I here. We actually uh, have a third person joining us, a guest today. Brant, Brant, what are we talking about today? Yeah, so I teased this a, a few episodes ago. And um, so we're being joined, joined today by James Hershack, um, uh, with Astute Review is the name of the company. And he's got a couple different products. But the reason that this is a little bit different is when... You know, normally when we bring someone on, it's a it's a platform, it's an engagement app, it's it's something along those lines. This when when he and I spoke, a, you know, about a month or so ago, this was not a product that was actively being marketed toward events. It was just kind of a, hey, what do you think, Brent? Is this the kind of thing that might event people might be interested in? I was like, yeah, I think so, but let's let's find out. So to a certain extent, this is going to be an audience feedback episode. We really want to know what you think about these products that James is going to tell us about today. Is it the kind of thing that you would use in your in your events, in your business, in your marketing organization as part of your thing? So I think it's a really fun opportunity for James to get some some good feedback on potential markets, but then also potentially introduce us to a tool that I think could be very useful. So with, with that, I'll, I'll leave that as just a basic groundwork. James, tell us a little bit about yourself, how, you know, where, what, what your background is, and then a little bit about, and then we can just go in to start talking about the products. Yeah, sounds good. Well, Will and Brent, thanks for having me on. Very excited to do this. As I was kind of mentioning, as we were kind of teeing up this uh, conversation or pod today, this is my first time doing a podcast. So besides exploring Ooh. new markets with you all. Um, Event Tech Podcast a- exclusive. <laughs> That's right. It's the first for me. So a little bit of background on myself. Um, you know, besides being the president and co-founder of, of Astute Review, I'm a former M&A and strategy professional. Um, so prior to launching this company, spent about eight or nine years uh, working for a company called called Dover Corporation, helping them uh, execute M&A deals and work on various strategic initiatives, um, which maybe not that exciting to the two of you, but the reason why it's relevant to Astute Review is because as I progressed through my career there, it was a wonderful experience, um, but as I got promoted and got more responsibilities to manage and lead and execute and negotiate deals, um, they ran a lean team and they unfortunately never backfilled my role. So what that means is I would find myself up late at night next to my wife on the couch or at a hotel bar somewhere in the world, cleaning up pitches and presentations for the board and C-suite. Um, 
before you know for formatting and consistency and i just got sick of it and uh, figured there had to be a better way i was just doing this stuff far too late in my career and just fundamentally believed i you know worked too hard to have and be having to do this stuff in my you know early and mid 30s and you know fundamentally believe people aren't working so hard to get high profile marketing and consulting and banking jobs to you know format bullets and align titles all day <laughs> so what we started at astute review with the initial um you know, product was we just wanted to automate the process of cleaning up PowerPoint presentations for formatting and consistency, um, which, uh, you know, was really based on building it for my, you know, 23-year-old self and all those consultants and bankers out there that were slaving away till three in the morning, you know, doing stuff for their bosses and clients. Um, but since then, we've kind of evolved as a company. Um, now we're a little bit more focused on branding and compliance along with all those productivity benefits. So we've kind of got two products here at Astute Review. One is a PowerPoint automation tool that you can think of like Grammarly or Spellcheck, but for presentation formatting. So we just automate the process of reviewing your presentations to make sure they look great and are brand consistent or brand compliant um, and saving you a boatload of time and sanity along the way. Um, and from there, we also kind of learned uh, a couple of things as we struggled with, you know, the launch process, going to market, etc. Um, you know, one of which was that there's this huge disconnect between sales and marketing in terms of, you know, marketing teams put out all these beautiful and great presentations, Word docs, you know, pitch decks, whatever, um, out to, um, you know, kind of their colleagues. But, you know, unfortunately, maintaining brand consistency is really tough. So what we've, um, you know, since developed is a, a real-time uh, brand monitoring tool that they can basically analyze files across an organization, wherever they're stored, you know, SharePoint, OneDrive, Teams, Google, whatever, um, and kind of locate where people are diminishing the value of your brand using old logos, colors, you know, using the wrong, you know, uh, catchphrases, etc. Um, so you can either police it um, or, you know, use it for training purposes. So those are kind of the two products that we have and a little bit of the backstory behind me, you know, can, can give more backstory if interested, but wanted to keep well, it Well, I'm, I'm watching Will, like he's, 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 he's Will's kind of hear, <laughs> hearing a lot of this for the first time, you know, I, yeah. James and I got to speak about a month or so ago. I, I could see the wheels spinning just like they were for me of like, okay, yeah, this is, this sounds like stuff that we deal with all the time as well as a, AV professionals is, yeah, is sure. the, oh no, this is, you know, revised underscore revised underscore. <laughs> The current date underscore final final underscore final, um, you know, with the pre PowerPoint presentations and all because a logo was wrong or, you know, they used the wrong template or something along those lines. Um, and then you'll get the, you know, five different presentations from five different presenters that are all supposed to be on the conference template, but totally. sort of they are and sort of they aren't. <laughs> Well, I, I definitely I, I agree. Like that's what I I can see the major problem that solves is there's so many times where I literally I'm sitting and someone's previewing the presentation, doing a quick rehearsal, and they go, "Oh no, that's a long wrong logo." And like how many times I've heard that, and then be like, "Okay, can you give us the right logo? We'll just replace it for you." You know, um, and how many times that like our on-site graphic designers literally have to rehaul presentation because someone's like, "Oh, this is out of brand." And what's funny is that I think a lot of times it gets caught for like the big keynote. Mm -hmm. presentation like the CMOs come in and give this like big address but then like when you go into breakouts and smaller conversations we know that that sales rep who's five layers deep in management is going to miss out on on doing this so this seems like a great way for like primarily it seems like maybe larger -er 
uh, organizations? Yeah, mid to, to large really organizations. I, I, you know, if you're a 10 person organization, probably not, you know, the, the, the greatest need for you, some benefits, but yeah, mid to large size is really where we're focusing. So cool. And I also want to give you guys some props too. Like I see your guys as a high performer for G2 crowd yeah. or G2 it's, as it's known now. So um, killer. And, 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 and from I'm poking around the site, looking at the app and stuff like that. It's, this is an app that lives primarily in the physical software of PowerPoint too. So it has direct control of the PowerPoint. It's not like you're uploading it and then it's trying to format it in a web app and then it breaks all like the things. It's directly formatted inside of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's a plugin that embeds right into the tool, um, which we're excited about for a couple of reasons. You know, coming from the M and A world, my co-founder came from defense contracting and medical device, so security was really you know a huge concern for us um and because of that you know we can't see the contents of your decks the contents never leaves wherever you have it stored um makes it a little bit more complex to build but at the end of the day it's a safe and secure tool that anyone can use so that's kind of why we chose to build it that way can you kind of step us through what the typical process is we'll, we'll, we'll let's talk about this one first and then we can talk about your, your second product but let's you know just kind of walk us through like with the typical use case how how it actually works like as, as as i'm just the person who's who's been chosen to implement this in our company yeah yeah so the typical use case is you know you've got a, a team or organization that's either recently gone through a rebranding or just kind of has um people you know located all throughout the country or maybe not working as closely together um, on projects that have to kind of consolidate things and roll things up. Because um, I think regardless of the quality of your templates or processes in place, um, stuff just inevitably gets screwed up when either you're working with groups of people or importing things from you know location A to location B, etc. Um, and so that's really where we're finding like the best kind of use case you know uh, for, for individuals. Primarily we're working with consulting firms and banks and sales and marketing professionals. Um, but when we really find a need is when you know either companies are looking to kind of take their brand consistency to that next level, um, or um, you know really really looking to kind of uh, you know it, it ensure compliance with a new brand that they've just spent a boatload of money in terms of rolling out within an organization. Um, and so that's where we kind of find like the uh, you know the best use cases. And and the way our process works is we've kind of evolved from like a plug-and-play solution that really anyone can use to really going more the bespoke and customized approach. Because um, what we've realized is that um, at the end of the day, every company, even if you're within the same industry, cares about different things. There's there's kind of like that OCD, you know, like anal person within the organization that is, you know, hell-bent on spacing um, versus, you know, someone else that really cares about punctuation versus colors, etc. And so what we do is we sit down with customers talk to them about what they care about as an organization or as an individual. And then what we do is we kind of tee this software up to make sure it checks for exactly what you care about, to limit false positives and make sure that everything that's leaving the, the company looks and feels the way that you want it to, to, to feel. Um, and that process is pretty straightforward. We basically sit down with a marketing rep for you know 30 minutes, get a copy of their deck, and then can provide a recommendation as to what you want us to turn off or, or add to the, to the review tool for yourself. So I, I'm kind of curious, and I, I think I started, like, poking around some screenshots and seeing yeah. this, and at first I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, one of the things, for example, you talk about is, like, outdated logos is one mm -hmm. of the things that you're looking for. You look to see, like, oh, hey, that's the old logo here, and here's the new logo you use, and automatically you're replacing it or showing mm -hmm. up that you need to replace it. What sort – like, for, for everybody out there, you know, obviously we primarily focus on tech, but the creative in me is now churning, and yeah. I'm now curious what sort of attributes – 
of uh, consistency are you seeing most com- most common? Let's start with because I'm sure that you can guys can literally do everything. But I know yeah. even things like bulleting and things like that. Talk us through what sort of consistency do you create? What attributes? Yeah, and you know it, it does vary customer by customer. But what we honestly see the most of it's kind of the it's kind of the boring stuff. But I think at the end of the day, people are consciously or subconsciously judging you on, and it really has to do with text, the spacing and the formatting and the the size and indentation and color of text. Um, because when you're collaborating with individuals or pulling stuff from emails or the web, etc., that's what gets thrown off the quickest. Um, and it's like that inconsistency that I think um, subconsciously impacts the way people are judging individuals. And especially like in the consulting world, that's where we kind of get the most um, you know, feedback on, oh my gosh, you know, I spent so much time making sure everything's aligned and indented the same, same way and you automate that for me. Um, you know, there's a lot of value there. Um, so honestly, like that's kind of like the biggest feedback that we get from the industries that we explore today. As we push more towards marketing, we're getting a lot of positive feedback around color consistency. Um, cause when you're building decks and let's say you're that sales rep that just kind of is, is danger enough, dangerous enough to create their own presentations, but maybe not that power user in, in terms of presentation building and design, um, you know, colors, that look close enough or good enough for some folks, but for the marketing team out there, for the people that are really focused on brand integrity, that drives them crazy. And so, you know, we're making sure that, you know, from a color perspective, everything is in line with like the exact standards that you care about. So I would, you know, I know I kind of threw in two responses to you, but I'll take all the, I'll take all the attributes. It, It definitely seems really, really powerful. I like, I can almost imagine, too, that this is also a way to drive consistency towards better PowerPoint design, too, because, like, Brant and I talk all the time about, like, don't put so much text on it. I'm imagining this would be helpful to, like, install in every finance person's computer Mm -hmm. and say to them— That's not the F word I thought you were going. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Every finance (laughs) Every finance person's computer. Keep it clean, Will. Keep it clean. This ain't a vet brew. Um, (laughs) Every finance person's computer and say, hey, you need to put three bullets with five words on them and not show us a table with 5,000 cells on it and like almost make it so you can like have that consistency too. Like I imagine that could be also very helpful too. It it is. And and that's what we're also kind of adding to the platform or have added recently. You know, instead of just kind of fixing things to make sure they look the way you want them to look, we're incorporating some best practices Um, based on, uh, you know, uh, best practices in the presentation industry, some things that we've been reading and hearing from psychologists about, you know, interpreting and retaining information so you know we can do that um we can get that you know person in finance um you know you exclude the the f in there and uh get them to make sure that they're creating decks that you know only have a certain amount of words in it you know or aren't you know creating bullets that are 10 lines long um and so these best practices can be used as a guide or almost a training aid for either junior employees or that person in the finance team to uh you know start start um uh, creating presentations and materials that people actually can read and retain info on because that's the biggest thing like people spend you know 20 30 hours creating that presentation but if there's you know 300 words on each slide nobody's going to read or retain that 
there's there, there's so there's two different things in that in that batch that we talked about that that definitely apply to events and one that you talked about the colors um, you know that there are many brands out there that are incredibly fussy about their colors and that even yeah. bleeds into the AV world where there there was a brand that I knew of that would send their own projectionists out on site to make sure that the color in the presentations was the right color red from yeah. from their branding so that you know not only does the presentation itself need to have the right color but then it needs to be properly color matched at the mm-hmm. at the projector level so ensuring that someone's yeah not using you know, one digit off on the on the three digit codes of color, you know, yes. uh, of that kind of thing can make a big difference for how that then gets tuned up. And then the other side of it is that, you know, we frequently in our industry tend to get wrapped up in the large meetings, you know, the, the conferences, the expos, and sometimes forget about the hundreds of thousands of small meetings that are going on all the time, the sales meetings, exactly the world that kind of you came from of, you know, getting in there, the small pitch decks, you know, these kinds of things where it's under 10 people, but companies will spend hundreds of thousands of dollars putting those decks together or, you know, having their sales, you know, this this is the sales deck that we're going to use for 2021. Mm -hmm. You need to roll it out to all 7,000 of our salespeople and make sure that it's consistent across all of them. So, and this will lead into the second product, but, you know, so having the ability to then say, okay, everybody, we've just rebranded. We don't want to have to redo all of those 7,000 PowerPoint decks. We want to just drill through, swap out the logos, Mm -hmm. change it to the new font Mm -hmm. and make it go. That would be, I mean, enormously valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we can help speed up that process. And, you know, also, I think we can serve as a tool, we're never going to replace a human being. Like, I don't want anyone on this line to think that this is going to like automate people out of out of jobs in like the marketing design world. The problem is that everything doesn't have a chance to go to that marketing or design professional before getting to its end destination. And what a stew can do is kind of get you like 80% of the way there. Um, because, you know, again, in, in, in the real world with tight turnaround times, or, or, or just kind of bandwidth or or corporate size issues, um, you know, that's just not like reality. And so we're just going to try and automate and clean some of this stuff up um, to to help everyone put their best foot forward. And just, you know, again, we're talking a lot about branding. We're talking a lot about colors and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, the reason why we created this tool primarily and initially was to just save people time so they can do more interesting stuff with their day. Like we want to do the dirty work for you so you can do like literally anything else. Um, because although the stuff matters, it's, it's not the most fun in the world. So I, I eventually want to ask the question of like, what does the future of this look like? But I yeah. might want to, we might want to stay in the here and now a little bit more, <laughs> yeah. um, as well. But, um, what other weird like cases do you think that this really, this tool really, really helps with the, the PowerPoint tool? Yeah, let's start with PowerPoint time. Maybe unless we're ready to transition over yeah. into the, the. I was moving us in that direction, but let's let's just wrap up with the PowerPoint. Um, yeah. Just because that 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 rebranding is such a core part of the second product. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what's so what's what's the more out there use cases of the PowerPoint tool? The more out there use cases of the PowerPoint tool. Ah, you know, it's a really good question because you know we've really been focused on these like core markets and consulting and sales and marketing. Gotcha. Um, you know, honestly, some of the some of the feedback that we've been getting where this could be really interesting is within education, specifically around um, kind of hospitals and healthcare systems, um, because you know, and and I'm not as familiar with this space, um, but there's a lot of education and training that goes on um, within within 
within the healthcare industry. Um, and, you know, we want our doctors and nurses and medical professionals to be really good at treating uh, people and saving lives and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, you know, they're not the best trained in terms of creating decks um, and, and presentations for um, continuing education. Um, and so we're starting a few conversations in that market. Um, I'm excited to explore it. You know, I've got a, a um, you know some family that are in in that industry, um, and there seems to be a real need. And it's something that I just never would have thought of, you know, as kind of like the ex finance nerd um, in terms of applications for the space for the for the product. Excuse me. I love it. All right, so now I'm like really curious on this brand, the brand compliance tool. Yeah. Especially because like I see on your site that it like integrates with so many different things. Yeah. So talk us through. What is the brand compliance tool and kind of like it's not just PowerPoint. It's beyond no, that. What's it's that, beyond that. that yeah. Like? We started out very, very niche for the reasons that I mentioned before. Um, and, you know, if you don't mind, can I give you like a one minute backstory as to how we came up with this tool? Absolutely. Um, we love yeah. stories. All right. Great. So, you know, we we launched this company, first of all, in, in, in I quit my job to pursue this full time in November of 2019. Um, so really rough time to kind of start uh, a, a, a um, tool that was focused Anything. on selling to investment <laughs> banks and yeah, investment banks, consulting firms, corporate finance teams. You know, I quit the cushy M&A gig to start a startup. My wife had her first child in March 2020 and then we're like slapped in the face with this global pandemic. So, you know, it was just a wild ride, but it was also like a really good learning experience. And during that year when we were just kind of scrambling around to talk to anybody and everybody who would like listen to me about this PowerPoint tool, we had a couple two really cool experiences one was we worked with a partner of ours um, who was a current customer to try and expand this product um, to a much broader audience of very 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 novice powerpoint users um, you know you got to be able to like use a computer in order to you know use this tool um, and and we were kind of exploring this you know using to somebody that like could this help someone create a presentation that like really never works in powerpoint um, turns out the answer is no um, and so after going through this big trial, they ended up just kind of onboarding the rest of their stereotypical consultants. They're very happy with the tool. You know, it, it's great. But kind of in tandem with that, we had a, um, a potential acquirer reach out to us, um, which was kind of interesting because we were a super small company um, at the time. And, you know, we're in the middle of this pandemic and somebody, you know, said, hey, this tech is interesting. Let's talk about it. And they ultimately passed for like one very specific reason. And it's because we weren't in the cloud yet. Um, it was, um, I got to be vague um, for confidentiality purposes, but think sales enablement, marketing enablement, digital asset management platform, very large business valued like at $2 billion, you know, series F funding or something like that. Um, but they said, hey, you're not in the cloud. This is really cool because at the end of the day, um, nothing's preventing one of our customers from downloading a presentation that's put together in our enablement plan platform, screwing it up and sending it on out. So, you know, made us kind of really validate what we created, but was really unfortunate they passed because of that reason. Um, there's some boring tech reasons as to why we're not in the cloud yet. We physically can't do it because of limitations with Microsoft. But anyway, after that kind of fell through, my uh, CTO calls me up and says, you know, James, I, you know, I just realized something like I, I just realized we can review files across an organization wherever they're saved without anybody having to learn a tool for like big picture brand stuff and big picture litigation stuff. And I'm not, a, I'm not technical, you know, I, I can't write a line of code if my life depended on it. So that really perked my interest. And I said, hey, you know, tell me a little bit more about this. And he said, hey, you know, I, we can actually build a solution to analyze 
content within a file in a secure way without opening it up for you know missing logos and colors and fonts and any words that you want or don't want in documentation. Um, and so that's kind of where this real-time brand management tool or, or brand monitoring tool uh, came to be. So, you know, essentially what we've built is a solution that embeds itself wherever you store files, because what we kind of learned through this acquisition experience is adoption of these platforms is tough. Big companies spend like a million bucks a year to kind of have a good digital asset management tool or sales enablement tool in place. But the problem is maybe the marketing team is like all about it because they're really, really focused on their brand. However, sales professionals might not adopt it as as well or as often as, as the marketing folks. Um, and there's just kind of that disconnect between marketing and sales. And so what we wanted to do is we said, hey, well, what if we can embed a solution wherever people are working? So they don't need to learn anything new and give folks real time analytics as to where your brand is being diminished. So what this solution does is, again, it embeds itself into SharePoint, OneDrive, you know, um, uh, Google, Canva, yeah, wherever. And what it can do is it can analyze files um, that are saved um, or whenever they're saved um, to see like where people are using old logos, colors, and fonts. And we can do a couple of things. Um, And we're still trying to figure out, you know, where or what customers want most often. Um, So right now we're going to market with a very broad solution. This can be a brand RoboCop, for like lack of a better term, where we can literally prevent files being sent that um, uh, that are in an email that, let's say, have a lo- old logo attached in a file. You know, it'll ping you with a warning, say there's an old logo in this, and say, hey, tough buddy, you know, you can't send this. Or we can use it more of a kind of a training or real-time monitoring tool where the brand management or marketing or communications team can basically see in a very secure and confidential way where in the organization people, groups, or teams are diminishing the value of your brand. And you can do a couple things with that. You can either reach out to them kind of in an automated or manual way and say, look, you know, I just noticed you've created a bunch of files since August 1st that are still using the old colors and fonts and logos. You, you know, you got to stop it or just kind of use it for training purposes. So these communications or marketing teams can kind of understand and pinpoint where either after a rebrand or or just, you know, kind of in the day-to-day, um, you know, people are, again, diminishing the value of your brand, and they can use it for, for training, training purposes. Um, so we're really excited about the tool because it kind of elevates this, this problem beyond, like, the very niche world of, you know, PowerPoint uh, formatting and, and brand consistency to, you know, Google Docs, Word, PDF, PowerPoint, et cetera, uh-huh. um, you know, across an organization. That's incredible. I I also want to applaud you. This will be relevant maybe for our audience and maybe yeah. a little out of the blue for you, but I want to praise you for not using the term AI or like machine learning <laughs> yes. to do this sort of thing. And I just like, it's a monitoring tool. That's what it does. And yes. uh, Brian and I just did an episode where like all these tools that literally are like, we have AI. And we're like, no, it's not. It's you just told it a very simple algorithm and it's just monitoring yep. that, right? So yeah. I, I love this so much. Part of that. So I just want to praise you a little bit on that. <laughs> no, thanks. And you know, we did. We, we went back and forth about it because it's like, it is not an AI tool. And I want to be clear about that. Could it be in the future? Great. But like, it, it's so funny talking to, you know, my co-founders and other technical experts. And they're like, 
this is not AI. People that are saying AI in and around this space are lying to you when this truly exists. You know, we're going to have bigger problems because bots are taking over the world here. So let's just call it what it is. Let's not play, you know, marketing buzzword bingo here and, you know, see where we, we go with the tool. You know, in the future, will there be some machine learning elements? Maybe. But look, again, M&A, defense contracting, medical device, we care about people's data security and we want to make sure that anything we create um is very safe and secure and and we don't want to be able to see the contents of your stuff so that's when i now that's when i want to get nerdy and be like all right so you're using some kind of a hash that looks for it is it a fingerprint you know so <laughs> we'll have to connect with the the, the, the cto at some point yeah. and be like, yeah. so how does that work because that is exactly the key right so how do you do that without you know, without you guys looking at it. And it's the same kind of technologies that's coming up in the news a lot lately where there's fingerprinting technology where basically yeah. it's not looking at, you know, your 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 Word documents. It's looking for specific hashes and things like fingerprints yeah. type thing like that. Yeah, you yeah, more, more or less. So, like, I, could, I mean, I can go give you, like, one quick example. And this was something that was kind of interesting to me. So when we first kind of had this aha moment um, and I asked my partner, like, how the heck do we do this? He said, well, you know, <laughs> think about a PowerPoint file. It's just a zip file. I didn't realize that. And so he said, basically, what we can do is we can drill down in this zip file to find the things that we care about benchmark it against you know what you want or what you don't want and let you know that let you know where the problem is or let you know when things are okay um and you know that's a very simplistic explanation for kind of one of the files that we review but that's how we're making sure to to tackle it you know and from a security standpoint it's a solution that just embeds where you store files but you know if you're comfortable with the sales enablement platform, you should be comfortable with us because as soon as we do that analysis, we just delete everything. So we analyze it, send you the info, and just delete it um, to keep it safe. I love this. I, I'm just excited about this tool. I'm like immediately sending it to my team. I'm like, guys, this is so, so neat. <laughs> like, you know, I, I kind of wish that like I was like I had you know thousands of employees because I'd be like, this is 100 percent most right. needed in doing this. Um, you don't have I thousands to- of employees yet. Not yet. Come not on, yet. man. <laughs> not, uh, <laughs> some people think I have, but no, not yeah. quite yet. <laughs> um, but, like, I think this is really, really helpful. And I think the brand transition also, man, this just seems like such a no-brainer. If you're doing brand transition, you don't have time to be yeah, bro, to be the RoboCop on it. So yeah. uh, in terms of, like, you know, how quick is it in order to get set up on doing this, right? Is this a process that um, on any one of these tools that, you know, lots and lots of onboarding, all the things like that? You know, uh, I hope not. We're trying to make it as close to plug and play as possible. We realize everyone's needs are like a little bit different. So we do need to talk to folks about, hey, where you want us to review files, what you want us to review, where you don't want us to check stuff, and we can roll it out. But it's more or less the same for every every platform. We basically need to know, you know, for example, because we can, we can customize this to, to, to meet your needs. If you just went through a rebrand yesterday, you don't want us analyzing files from 2003. You know, so we kind of need to ask you a few questions to make sure we make this as efficient as possible um, and, and you know, kind of eliminate false positives in that regard. Um, but, you know, honestly, after a short call with an IT group to just make sure that they're, you know, comfortable with the solution, um, we can deploy it where files are saved, you know, I would say within hours. And then you just basically need to tell us what to check for. Um, if it's, you know, an old logo um, as, as something you want us to find, you got to send us the old logo. Um, you know, if it's, 
a certain color scheme that you want us to check for, you got to send us that. Um, and then even same thing with like images that let's say have licenses that have expired. One thing that we're expanding into is we realize that a lot of people kind of get sued for using models or photography or whatever after this term's expired. And so we can, you know, find that within an organization, but you just got to send us the content. So outside of telling us, you know, what you want us to check, when you want it to check, um, you know, it, it, it's a relatively straightforward process because we're working with these, you know, massive companies um, that allow you to kind of embed solutions into them pretty quickly and efficiently. I just realized, like, I had a really good analogy for a tool that's similar. I realize this yeah. is a niche tool, so I don't think anyone's ever heard of this either. But it, it reminds me a little bit of this tool called Nightfall, which is like a data protection tool. The mm-hmm. idea is, like, it's constantly monitoring things. And then when it sees that you post an email address, social security number, credit card information, like in Slack, for example, that's just one of the examples, mm-hmm. immediately deletes it and then says, hey, you can't do that. Here's all the rules. Yeah. Blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it like, you know, it makes it protects that data. Same thing in Gmail, right? Like if mm-hmm. someone sends you a list with like tons of uh, Excel documents, a bunch of social security numbers, it's like reject. I don't want to <laughs> have possession of that. That's yes. not secure. Let's not do that right now. Right. Yes. So I'm imagining like that's what, what this kind of feels like. But instead of being on data protection side, it's on the brand protection mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. We're trying to be spell check for your brand. Um, it's, it's a great analogy. Excuse that noise in the background. Uh, I, I live in Chicago, and it's practice for the uh, the Air and Water Show this weekend. So there are oh just like gosh. massive jets that are flying <laughs> above us. I love it. I love it. Uh, All right. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. You know, call you out. It's, you know, uh, it's, it's really taken off. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so the product's really taken off. No, yeah. Jeez. I just have my final question. I've, I actually want to ask, so I'm gonna let Brand uh, uh, continue to dive deep if you have any additional questions. Well, I think Brand. another. I mean, another analogy, you know, is is it's like just in a word document, right? You can do a search, or you can do a search and replace. Yep. And depending on what you're trying to do, sometimes you just need to know, okay, how many times did I say this phrase in this article? Because I might be overusing it or something along those lines, and then other times you're like, no, I need to swap this out every instance of this. And yeah. so being able to do that. Not only in every PowerPoint that I've sent out, you know, to to my employees, but also network wide for logos and branding and things like that. I think, you know, again, when when we first talked a month ago, it gets your mind spinning. And, you know, how, you know, how could this be used in an organization? And I think it's uh, I think it's got a lot of potential because it's, it's like. Con, you know, control F, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> for your network yeah. of yeah. being able to find, find and replace, search and replace for your entire network of documents. Mm-hmm. And I think I totally lied. I definitely have something that might be helpful too. It's like, I think most event professionals right now are like, okay, well, I don't have a big organization. I don't have hundreds of employees. I don't have a big brand. So how can this be used for events? So maybe we can vamp a little bit on, on, on kind of what it looks like, but I'm imagining for the events organizers, there's kind of like two paths this can go down. Let's do the the simpler one that requires probably less licenses from Astute would be like, hey, give this to one person. They're the brand reviewer, and they just open up the PowerPoint, and immediately will tag all the things, and then that person can fix it real quick, right? But that's obviously tough because then if the another PowerPoint gets updated, you're not going to send it back to them. How, well, it keeps them from making more mistakes, right? I, I'm almost imagining, too, this could be like you could buy this for all of your presenters and be like, you need to install this on your computer. Here's our our guidelines for um, – and let's say this is an external event. I'm thinking even like completely external, non-companies type of event. Like I'm speaking at the association event, and you want to make sure that they, all their PowerPoints look very, very consistent. They look great. They're using big fonts, things like that. Like 
almost installing this on every single presenter's computer and being like, hey, this software, Astute Review, is going to make sure that your PowerPoint looks great and that our attendees have an awesome visual experience. And it will let you know. And like you can almost give them those guide, that guidelines on there uh, too and almost scaling that one person who would normally be checking every single PowerPoint, make sure they're good to go. Hey, you need to fix this, communicating that back, almost automating that process in some ways. Um, I'm not sure if you you have any other crazy ideas. I'm just my mind's racing. Well, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have James on is to open it up to the community, to open it up to you all out there. You know, as to what the possibilities of this are that we're not thinking of. That it seems like it seems like something that should be really useful. And so, you know, perhaps you know, and then being perhaps open on your end, James, you know, to some creative licensing and you know some other possibilities on on how this might be used and how it might be licensed to like will says where it's just going to one person here or maybe to the individual presenters or things like that so i think it's just there's just so much potential there that like that's that's the main reason why i wanted to bring it out yeah no i i appreciate your your kind of thought on the use case in the industry i'm looking forward to hopefully getting some feedback and yeah we're willing to be flexible you know we're relatively new company we're obviously talking about a new market here um so we're willing to work with companies of all sizes to try and figure out a solution that works for you um you know honestly with the event space you know my understanding of the trade shows and stuff that i would go to back in my m a days you know they're only annual or you know semi-annual right and so i think what we could easily do at astute review is as you lead up to your big annual trade show, um, you know, you basically send us a template. We talk to somebody in marketing, and we tee this up to meet your specific needs for that trade show. Um, and you can use it. And, you know, you don't need an annual contract for that. Maybe it's a two month contract. Um, so you deploy to all the either um, speakers at your company or the guest speakers that will be attending the conversation, and say, look, here's the template. Here's the software. And by the way, before you send this out to us and say it's final for you know the the event whenever it's occurring, you just gotta run the software on it. Um, and I think what that's going to do is, you know, those keynote presentations, hopefully it makes them a little bit better. I know those are the ones that kind of get the most kind of scrutiny and most review from folks within an organization, but it's really those breakout sessions where it's hopefully going to make things look a little bit more polished and consistent and professional across that event. Um, so, you know, that that's where, you know, my mind runs to when you ask for like why the event space, but you know, we're open to something else. If someone's got a creative, uh, a creative use case or a creative need for it, you know, we'll talk to you. I love it. Um, so I think I have, I decided one more question, but actually glad I have two. Um, but uh, where, where do you see the future of this kind of technology going, James? Like where, where, what, what obviously like you can't share hold roadmap and everything like right. that, but like give, it's like a tease and like maybe even the far future where like no one's capable of this. Like I'm almost imagining, so what runs my mind is like video content could be the future mm-hmm. too. It's like, how can you make sure that the right logos and fonts are being used in video content? That's obviously way more intense. If you've ever mm-hmm. seen an episode of Silicon Valley, video just amplifies everything way crazier. Yeah. But where, where do you see the future of brand monitoring for, for content? PowerPoint automation, where is that going for you? Yeah, yeah. I think within, you know, the presentation world, um, it's kind of helping people also create better presentations. Because right now, you know, we're talking branding, we're talking consistency, just making it look somewhat professional. But like, it's really hard to get, you know, best practices in there that are accurate and applicable to everybody. So, you know, if if we focus on a specific niche, you know, what we can do is, you know, almost create design ideas for folks, you know, a lot better than, you know, PowerPoint or, or even Google's offers today, because I think it's a little bit too broad to just kind of have you give us the content 
and we kind of spit something that has an output that's just much more aesthetically pleasing that you could ever create, um, but that's also, you know, kind of in brand and looking good. Um, you know, in terms of this real-time review tool, you know, again, it is very early days for us, um, but we're seeing, you know, the, the most interesting feedback is right now is in the brand world. We think there are some pretty cool legal applications for it, but to your point on video, and this was something that I had no idea, but kind of the computer vision tool or engine that we have does apply to video. Um, There are a couple companies out there that can look at logos and colors and things like that in video. I I honestly don't know how good or bad they are at what they do, Um, but I think it can really turn into potentially not only like a brand management or monitoring tool, but almost a marketing analytics tool where you can figure out like, I don't know what kind of free advertisements or like the value of your impressions are out, are out there. You know, if you're watching like a, a Bulls or Cubs game, you know, how many times is that Coca-Cola logo present on screen? And what does that mean for, you know, the value of that brand or like, where is it being misused? Where is it using kind of like the old language, et cetera. Um, so that's, that's, uh, I think an interesting place to explore. I think we're a ways away from that, but this technology absolutely applies to it um, and could apply today. It's just, you know, we got to figure out what lane um, to target first. I want the first product where I can just give you my stuff and then you turn <laughs> my it outline into, and make my PowerPoint and then for you me. <laughs> turn it into a pretty presentation. I yeah. hate building presentations more, more than just about anything. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't blame you. We had. A, I, I had a hell of a time, you know, back at my last job, staying up way too late doing that kind of stuff. But unfortunately, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, it matters. At the end of the day, presentation matters. We're all being judged by in our lives by either the presentations we're creating, the talks and podcasts we're doing. You know, everyone's kind of being judged subconsciously or consciously. And and, and if we can help you a little bit, you know, putting your better foot forward, you know, we're, we feel like we're doing a good job. So true. So true. Well, I love the fact that you're open to creative pricing and you know what what the industry and and working with this industry. So, folks out there, you know, let us know what you think. You know, hashtag Event Tech Podcast, uh, Event Tech Podcast at HelloEndless.com. But then, James, where can folks get a hold of you so that they can have those conversations? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry about that noise again. So yeah, you can get a hold of us. It's Go to taking a... off. It's, it's taking off. off. We're taking off. Um, so astutereview.com is our website. Um, you can schedule meetings, contact us through that. Um, you can email me at uh, jhershak, J-H-I-R-C-H-A-K, at astutereview.com um, if you want me to respond to you directly. But those are probably the best two ways. Or hit us up on LinkedIn. I'm trying to post a lot more content um, over the coming days and weeks there. I love it. All right. I got one last question. This is my favorite question to end when we interview people on this podcast. But what's one piece of technology that's got you most excited in general? It doesn't have to be even in this space at all. Anything. Oh, man. One piece of technology that's got me most excited? Jets. Jets. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's hard not to come up with like a boring answer here because I was just talking about like a very critical but boring technology to my wife and some friends that were visiting Oh my goodness, it sounds like they're right over our head. Um, <laughs> that's wild. So, you know, what one piece of technology that's got me, I don't know, 
most excited. It's not something that gets me excited, but I think it's something that's, like, super important. I mean, I feel like this is almost just, like, I don't know, a piece of advice to everybody out there. But, like, I've been using a lot of password management solutions, you know, lately because we work with a lot of contractors. Um, Again, you heard the world that we came from. Yeah, I'm not putting on the tinfoil hat quite yet. Um, But, like, there are a lot of tools out there. A lot, There's so much with, like, data privacy and all these breaches that are taking place. You're reading about them in the news daily um, about these hacks and ransoms that are going on. And I just think these simple password management tools go a long way in terms of just kind of protecting our information um, from just getting into the wrong hands. And it just lets you create, like, super secure passwords um, to just kind of, like, mitigate risk. I know that's probably, like, the most boring Oh, we were agreeing. That was, no, we were yeah, 100%. Yeah, we're, Will, this we're, we're is, off, Will off, and I, off air, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, this, Will and I shout that from the rooftops at every uh, available opportunity that as, as event providers or event professionals, the the data that we are responsible for is, is gold. It's absolute yeah. gold. It's names, addresses, spouses, flight details, you know, limo details. I mean, just all of this stuff that could be so easily used to craft a, you know, a spear phishing email or something along those lines that looks 100% legitimate. Yeah, and there are free tools out there that like make that risk essentially go away and also just make your lives easier, you know, so you're just not constantly clicking that forgot password button, waiting on the email, checking your spam, you know, typing it in. So, you know, I like I use LastPass. It's probably one of the popular ones out there. There are a million tools out there. But I'm a dash lane person and okay. I heard yeah, the last pass I have to, t- I have on to tell one, one quick story. I heard this story and it just absolutely cracked me up. And then, and then, um, and then we'll let it, let it go. But it's, it's, it was someone who was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know any of my passwords. Oh, you use a password manager. No, they just don't know any of their passwords and they just mm-hmm. constantly do. I forgot my password oh. for every, every website that they log in. <laughs> They just do. I forgot my password. They so get it's sent like basically new... like yep. email is their login. Yep. And then yes. when, when it comes time to then, so then, you know, they'll ask them to set a new password. They'll just type in a bunch of gibberish and they won't remember it. They'll yeah. just say, I'll just click on, I forgot my password. I certainly again. hope their email <laughs> password is so strong. Yeah. Because... <laughs> well, I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's monkey123 or something. Yeah. Like that, but... Absolutely. But it's hard to get people to adopt. I can't tell you my friends and family who I've been hounding for, you know, far too long about just kind of solving that problem. Um, change is hard. And I, we struggle with this as a startup, right? Getting people to change the way they do stuff takes a lot of persuasion and a lot of time. So, you know, forget like what we're trying to sell. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to get people to change the way they <laughs> log into their email. Um, so true. So true. Awesome. James, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, so yeah. cool to get to, to hear about the technology you're doing. Um, I think as, as Brant and James are saying, we want to hear from you. So don't hesitate to email James directly. He's given his email address on here. Reach out to us to review. But also, too, like, feel free to email us, eventtechpodcast at helloendless.com. Let us know what you think and if you have ideas. And we'll also share them with James, too, if we get some cool case study ideas for how this technology can be used. But And do James, you like this you. idea of, yeah. of, yes. of bringing products? You know, So let us know out there. There. Do you like the idea of bringing products that aren't necessarily targeting events? Mm-hmm. You know, it's the Event Tech Podcast, I know. But, uh, you know, let us know if you're interested in more of these things where it's event adjacent, uh, you know, maybe marketing or sales or things like that. Let us know. Love to hear it. James, thank you again for coming on the show. We appreciate you big time. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Really enjoyed it. Um, thank you again. And That'll do it for another for episode of, of Password Manager Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, so thank you, everyone. Thank you, Brant, so much for uh, continued co-hosting and fun technology review and bringing awesome technologies like this. I was excited to get to hear about this as well, so I was enjoying it. So, but yeah, thank you all for listening, and uh, yeah, we'll shut this one down. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next time on the Event Tech Podcast. Event Tech Podcast. Cast. Cast. Password Manager out, Cast. Out. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or let us know about some event tech we need to talk about. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.